What's up, everybody? Here, back again with the Sunday Sauce. I'm here with a very special guest. I met him a couple weeks ago. I'm so grateful he decided to come on this show. His name is Rich Valdez. He has a podcast called This Is America. He was also on WABC. He produces uh, Mark Levin. Levin, I'm saying that right? Levin. Levin. I'm sorry. He would come in here and probably kick my ass <laughs> if I got that wrong. Um, He's, he's here with us today. Uh, I asked him to come on here. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. Rich, why don't you introduce yourself? What's up, everybody? Rich Valdez with an S. Happy to be here with Mike Ragu on the Sunday Saw Sports, Politics, and Life podcast with Mike Ragu. Yeah, this is just, uh, <laughs> this is just you know, just two, uh, you know, Republican, well, you know, he's conservative man, Republican man here, just bullshitting, right? We're just going to bullshit, talk about current events. Um you know, you're you're you grew up in New York and now you live in New Jersey, right, Rich? Yes, sir. Is that, so where did you grow yeah, up? Brooklyn, uh, Midwood Section Avenue, M Ocean Avenue is where I spent most of my time as a kid. I moved right. to Jersey when I was a teenager. Okay. And uh, Hudson County, big shout to Hudson County. I moved all around. Being poor, you move around a lot. Yeah. Well, so you know, uh, I was in Union City, Jersey City for a little bit as a, as an adult. Uh, West New York, which is a really nice town. And that's where I started my barbershop business. And that's how I really became a conservative, honestly, because I started a business while I was in high school. So you own a barbershop? I did. You did? Yeah, I got out of that to do broadcasting full time. Well, there's a lot in between. I got into politics in between. But the, the story, to give you in a nutshell, as a, as a, I guess as a sophomore, you know, again, broke. And right. I wanted a really cool haircut. And the only place you could get a haircut back then, and I had hair. Don't get fresh. I had hair back then. And the only place you could really go to get a good haircut was a place called Astor Place in the village or- I know where that is. Ginger Rose, which is around the corner. It's up in the on basement, Astor yeah. Place. Yeah, you and go it, down. it almost closed. I know. And still Thank open. God they that, survived. You know, do you follow New York Nico on Instagram? No. All right, so he's a kid. He actually saved them from closing. He has like a lot of followers. He's like a- Social media, well-known kid in like New York City. He, yeah. he got them like a GoFundMe and all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So he actually saved Astor Place from closing. Yeah, I did yeah. see a piece of with Rosanna Scotto on uh, Good in New York where they were doing a like if we don't get something going soon, mm -hmm. we're gonna shut mm -hmm. down because you know De Blasio with his crazy draconian uh, measures yeah. was uh, preventing them from really doing the business they did. And I could tell you when I was a kid back in the nineties, th the business that came out of that place was just uh, magic. I mean, it was just amazing what they did there, and there was nowhere in Jersey really. That, that I knew of that we could get a haircut like that. So we used to come into the village and sometimes cut school in high school and whatever. So as a sophomore, I figured out, you know what? I'm going to start trying to do this on my friends, just experimenting. Mm -hmm. And I would cut their hair and it. I got pretty good at it, especially like drawing designs in the side of their head with the clippers. And one day, a buddy of mine who had a uh, project that was due for his printing class, back then we still used a lithographic press and he decided to put, um, he made up a name, Fat Fades, P-H-A-T Fades, put my phone number on it, drew a little picture. He made a flyer. That was his his homework assignment. Right. And But he put my real phone number on it. Mm -hmm. And it was a whole ream of paper, but it was a... It was like four to a page. So there was 2,000 flyers that circulated through my high school. Wow. And before you knew it, I literally had a full-blown business on my hands. People were showing up at my house. My my living room became the waiting room. My bathroom became the barbershop. What year was this? This was probably 1993. What were you charging in 1993 for a haircut? Four bucks. Holy shit. Four bucks with a tip. I Do you know how much I five. pay now? Yeah, well, $35. No, I pay – my barber actually comes to my house for me now because – I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I, COVID. Not, not, not even because <laughs> of COVID. He, he used to work in Bay Ridge and he got fancy on me and goes on 79th and Lex. Nice. They charge $42 in that shop. There you go. I ain't paying that. So he he still comes to my house. I pay twenty five, but four dollars. Yeah, that's so. I mean, that's you know. So I did that through high school, yeah. and uh, I, I became popular because uh, you know I was the guy that was giving cheap haircuts, and right. you couldn't get.
get one anywhere else. In this era, there really wasn't barbershops all over the place the way there are today, at least in Hudson County. So it became a thing, and uh, the Fat Fades brand stuck to me. And in my senior year of high school, I actually uh, transferred to night school so I could go to the Votech school right. to do cosmetology. Yeah, to get a barber license. Yes. Correct. And uh, and my brother was like, you know, you really got something going on here. I'm going to spot you some dough, and I'm going to buy out this guy that had a crack problem. He had a beauty salon. <laughs> Love and he that. was going under. So yeah. he got a good deal. He bought the place, the equipment, and kept that guy on as a manager because I didn't have a permit yet. And uh, we did that. And it, you know, that was the beginning of uh, several years of me in entrepreneurship. And this, again, I was 16 and a half mm-hmm. when this started. So I did that into my 20s. Wow. And it was great. And then I opened up a, a cell phone place on Bergenline Avenue. And I learned about business. And that's where I got involved in politics. The local politicians were like, hey, you're a business so that owner. So that was my next question. That's, that's literally when, when did you realize you wanted to make the jump to politics? And then were you always uh, a Republican? Were you Democratic growing up? Were your parents into politics? Well, how was sure. that? How I'll was give that? you the whole scoop. So at that point, uh, my parents, my mom was a big Reagan guy. My dad could care less. My dad was right. like muscle for a- uh, That's similar to my dad. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit about politics. Yeah, he doesn't he, even know- My dad was a care. working stiff, but yeah. you know, had a little side hustle as as the uh, the muscle for a uh, illegal gambling operation yeah. in the Why back not? of a Who bodega, cares? right? Yeah, of course. So yeah, he was a great. real matter of fact kind of guy. Uh, and I really looked up to him, not for that, but just for who he was. He was just such a simple guy, Hard such working a straight man. shooter. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, so he didn't have much of an opinion, but he could tell you, this guy's a crook, this guy's a clown. Sure. Let me get her a number. A street guy. Right? Street yeah. guy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my, my mom wasn't extremely political, but she loved Reagan. And we grew up that way, and we were very poor. I mean, I, I, could, I me, my siblings, I... I lived close to Flatbush Avenue, and there was a truck during the Reagan years that would come and give out excess cheese. They called it government, government cheese, cheese, and exactly. they gave it to everybody. I have literally, physically held. You have had government cheese. Government cheese. Grew right. up on that stuff. Right, right. So that no, this is that, true. That is true. Yeah, yeah and it, it yeah. was because there was a surplus with farmers, mm-hmm. so they they the milk would go bad, so they made cheese, and yeah. then they gave it out in low income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And well, it, this happened in the eighties. Yeah. So anyway, point is, um, yeah, so there wasn't a lot of political influence there. But as a young business owner in West New York, New Jersey, I realized, you know what, uh, I got to get in with these guys. Plus, they came knocking on your door. You know, mm-hmm. every Christmas, they're like, oh, we have this going on. We have that. Mm-hmm. And some of it was these really were, beneficial. These were Republicans. No, these were Hudson County just Democrats. Just Hudson County Democrats. Yeah, okay, okay. That were just okay. like, hey, you know, you're a business owner. You should be with us. Okay. You, you know? should. Just, just like that. Yeah, you, you should just, be just, with us. That no, no reason, no rhyme. Right. Okay. It, well, because there really was no Republicans. Right. Okay. And they were, you know, using the government to help small businesses. So in the 80s, Jersey was democratic, kind of like that. Well, in the 80s, I was in Brooklyn. So the oh, government cheese stuff I'm all sorry. happened in, in Brooklyn. This I'm fast forwarding right. now back oh, to so, like the so, early 2000s to my 2000s. business. Okay, your business. I'm That's sorry. when I yeah. got involved with the uh, Hudson County right. Democrat people. Got I didn't it, really it, get involved it. with them. They right. just came to me saying, hey, you're a business owner in town. We have these, um, you know, special programs mm-hmm. to help uh, promote your business. Benefits. Yeah. So I was really never interested in much of that, but they would come and they would introduce themselves and you start to meet people. So I I met them and I realized this isn't for me. I don't like what these guys are about. These guys are all about spending tax dollars. I would go do my taxes at the end of the year and I realized I don't like paying 35 to 39% at 18 years old of every dollar I made. To me, I felt like you're the government. You're a bigger crook than any crook I've ever met. So I realized, you know what? I think I like the Reagan stuff better. Mm -hmm. I like the get off my back and out of my pocket. So I I wasn't really involved, hyper-involved, but I was very involved in my church. 
And in the election of George W. Bush, his re-election in, uh, well, his election in 2000, I started to pay a lot of attention. Right. I, I was very apolitical and I thought Al Gore should, by all measures, be a decent guy. I mean, he was vice president to mm-hmm. Clinton. Clinton was enormously popular. This guy should be great. But then I actually watched him on TV. Well, Clinton I, was enormously popular among both parties at the time. Oh, sure. Yeah, in America. Yeah. He right, was in America, globally. Exactly. So I, I looked at this and I said, man, what is wrong with this guy? Because he was crying like a little girl about, yo, you didn't count the votes mm. right, the little um, the, the hanging chads from from the hole puncher on the ballot machine and i thought what a chump if this guy's what a democrat's about i'll never be one of those right and then you hear what they talk about and they say oh you know what democrats are for the poor republicans for the rich and i thought i've been poor my whole life why on earth would i want to be for the poor i want to be rich yeah so if the republicans were the way to go i'm with them plus they were pro-life and they were more conservative they embraced faith i was active in my church it was a done deal it's funny you say that and all people like who aren't you know, educated about politics. They everyone says the Democrats are for the poor, they help the poor, they help the poor. But it's it's quite the opposite actually. As, as we see in New York City. Right? Well, you know, I, I would argue against that and say, no, if you want to be poor and stay poor, right, exactly. stay with the no, Democrats. No, no, exactly. <laughs> but my, you're 100% correct. But what I'm saying is all these liberals, all the Democrats do so much for the, for the less fortunate. They don't. They actually make it worse for them. Sure. And, and what peop- that's what people don't understand. The Republicans are the one who create the jobs, create the benefits, all this stuff, and want to help out, help out the less fortunate. The Democrats just keep giving and giving and giving. We want to create jobs. You know, Donald Trump, he historically made uh, more jobs for African Americans, for Hispanics, and no one just they just put that aside and say no. He didn't do that. That wasn't him. It was, Everybody yeah, was yeah, getting yeah, money. Yeah. Everyone. When Donald Trump was president, everyone's getting money. That's Gas right. prices were cheaper. You, you, you can't go into a store without buying a, a, a bacon for you know. It's just, everything's just high. It's, I it's haven't ridiculous. bought bacon in quite a while. Yeah. Well, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 so it's quite the opposite, you know, but like you said, if you want to be poor, be a Democrat. Yeah. So, so that yeah. was kind of where I ended up. And then now, uh, again, being uh, an American of Puerto Rican heritage, it's very common for us to start our families young, get married young. So I got married at 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had children early. And, you know, by the time I was 26, I had two daughters. I right. owned a condo. I was doing my thing. Good. And it, it was You were living great. the American dream. Yeah, I was living the American dream. And, yeah. and I realized these guys really get in the way of me doing what I want to do. It's so much harder to live under Democrat rule right. in New Jersey. So, you know, I, I decided in 2005, I was like, you know what, I'm going to run for the state assembly because my mayor in the town I lived in, Union City, he was the state assemblyman and the mayor. And I was like, is that allowed? It, uh, up until they started noticing, it w- it was allowed. Okay. Then when they was found there some out, kind of loophole? No, no, that was, was just, just allowed. Co- this okay. is how okay. the government in New Jersey exists for the benefit of the politicians and the Democrat Party. Okay. Not for the people. All right. And uh, unfortunately, that's the case. So when the people got outraged and they said, "Hold on, how is it that you collect a salary here, collect a salary there, and then you get a third job and you collect yeah, another salary at the county dipping. level?" Yeah, it's crazy. They said, "All right, you know what? We're not going to allow that anymore." But anybody who's currently doing it, you get to keep doing it. Grandfather Your grandfather did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the Cosa Nostra looked like angels next to the New Jersey well, the Democrat government's Party. the biggest mafia in the world. And I'm 100% Sicilian. Yeah, there you go. And so, you know. That means you like the 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 sweet sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah the sweet sauce. <laughs> so, uh, fast forward a little bit. I uh, I volunteered to um, work on the George W. Bush re-election campaign in 2004, and they, the RNC shipped me down to New Hampshire. Okay. And I loved New Hampshire. It was great. I was with the Derry County Committee over there, and um, Bush won New Hampshire. He won re-election. Right. And I stayed pretty involved in politics after that. Um, I worked in higher ed, but I was still very involved in my personal time. Eventually, 
those roads collided and uh, had the opportunity to um, help the Chris Christie campaign. They needed somebody to give some advice while he was on the campaign on higher ed stuff. I said, I'm happy to do it. And then they wanted somebody to be a liaison between the Hispanic business community and the governor's campaign. And eventually when he won uh, that, election. That's perfect for someone who created a barbershop business yeah, yeah. from and, the ground up. And every single one of my barbers uh, owns a shop today and is still making a living for themselves Amazing. that way. Yeah, it really is. And even some people that I, I bumped into a kid the other day and he had a barbershop and I was like oh what's up kid and um, I was like oh you got into the barber business and he's like you probably don't remember but I, I applied for a job at your shop and you told me I wasn't ready <laughs> and he said it made me hungry to be better and I have a shop today and he said that's, thanks that's, to you and I was amazing. like man thanks to you it's that's your amazing. hard work that did that wow but ultimately that was how uh, the uh, the journey into politics and then from there I, I was appointed to the Chris Christie administration I worked full-time as a staffer from probably uh, 11 to 2013 and then uh, after that, I was external uh, as um, one of the board members at the Center for Hispanic Policy Research and Development for the state of New Jersey. And uh, I remained active. Uh, I got into the political side of mm -hmm. media. I worked uh, for a little bit writing a column for the Washington Times. And then from there, I was recruited by James O'Keefe Project Veritas to run his national operation to actually recruit the undercover people that go out there. So crazy what happened to that guy. Yeah, well, that's always been something. It's not the first time. I mean, he was arrested and, and charged with a federal felony back in 2013 or 2012 because of his visit to Senator Mary Landrieu's office. It's not the first time the government's gotten heavy handed and it took him forever to get out of that one. But he got out and it was uh, it was eventually pardoned and whatnot. And now he's like a free man. Yeah. And now they're at him again. It's so funny. They exposed his emails of him getting uh, advice from his lawyer not to break the law. So well, I don't understand what they were trying to accomplish out of that. Well, in politics, I think everything is about, you know, it's like a coin. There's two sides to every coin. So while you and me might look at what O'Keefe is doing, and this is what I did. I worked with those lawyers, and, and this is what we did. I was like, I want to send Mike Ragu in pretending to be, you know, uh, John Smith yeah. at this place and that place. What can he do? We want to make sure we're on right. the up and up. Right. Somebody will look at that and go, these guys are flirting with felonies and they need lawyers to prevent them from breaking the law. Sure. That's how reckless they are. Right. Right. So it, it depends on, you know, are you a half a glass half empty or a glass half full? That's true. But I think the work that uh, James and, and Project Veritas do is, is critical oh, it's to America. But it's critical to the, um, the, the continuance of this republic. The, the, the question I have about that, since you worked with them, why isn't anybody paying attention to what they to what they do? Because the stuff they bring with the Pfizer, the vaccines, and the guy saying that antibodies are, are more... Listen, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I got all my vaccines when I was a kid. I'm fine. I, I mean, I think I turned out fine. I mean, that's I, debatable. I, yeah, I, that's, this is debatable still. I, I had to get the vaccine because, you know, we live in, in uh, Nazi Germany, New York City. So I had no choice to get it on the under uh, Fuhrer de Blasio. So I had to get the vaccine here, whatever. So what? why isn't anybody paying attention to that? The That Project Veritas literally had a scientist from Pfizer admit that your uh, antibodies are more um, protective than in the actual vaccine itself. Well, I get your point, but I would challenge that by saying not only are they paying attention, they're taking massive action to silence him. Right. right. They're that's, sending that's, the FBI after. I'm very confused. So people are paying attention. The noise is being Well, the being government's made. paying attention. Well, I think a lot of people are paying yeah. attention, but the media has done their job as right. the uh, attack dog of the Democrat Party, of the leftward movement in our society, and they said, you know what, we're going to discredit you. So you come across and you say, oh, listen, I'm Mike Ragu. I'm from Staten Island. I'm doing a show. And they go, no. 
you're this, 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 and this, and you know, put the scarlet letter on you, and that's it. It's over for you. Mm. And they've been doing that to O'Keefe since he was in college at Rutgers, mm. and he did his first video, the oh, Lucky Charms from, video. Is he from New Jersey as yeah, well? Yeah, he's from Bergen County. Oh, so you, okay. okay. So they've been at him forever, and he has, you know, always faced up to that. So I think that's why I always say kudos to him, whether you agree with him or not. And I've had my disagreements with him in the past, but one thing remains true is that he's fighting for what is right and right. seeking the truth. He's a freedom seeker. I, 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 you know, I mean, the guy just—he just puts videos up, unedited, no bullshit. That's what I like about the guy. But unfortunately, you know, all this this media just doesn't. You know, I don't even see honestly Fox News, like, which is. Um, you well, know. you didn't see Fox News uh, really talk about the illegality in the 2020 election. And no. again, I'm not making no, a claim no, that right, it was right. some sort of m- massively fraudulent no, thing, no. although I think there were multiple cases of fraud that went completely overlooked and that are right now being litigated. It's something that uh, was just um, revealed the other day, about nine days ago. They're talking about Delaware County in Pennsylvania, where they found that the chain of custody was lost on right. a bunch of ballots. Do, Where'd they go? Do, they disappeared. Do I agree there was some fraud and some audits that need, but is it enough to to overthrow the election? Probably not. No, the, the real no. the real issue here is that it, you can't overthrow no, the no. election. No, but the, the integrity of the election was... There sure, was a problem. And, and the Constitution yes. was yes. usurped, course, and, and judges were acting this, improperly. This, this, this is All the, of that's true. This is the problem I have. Like, listen, I'm a Republican. I'm not like a crazy-ass Trumper that's going to go, you know, with a Trump flag all over the place. But these these Trump people need to understand that all the— Glad I didn't bring my Trump flag. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, you can bring your Trump flag. That's fine. It's just— the, I'm the, kidding. The reason, the reason that I got these people, they need to understand that no matter what they find, the, the votes are still not going to be enough to overthrow the election. Trump's not if coming back. If that's the goal. It's not coming. I would say that's yeah, not, the goal. not the goal. I think the goal right now is to expose right. everything that's right. happened to say and uh, fix it. And yeah, yes. mainly expose. And yeah. then two, make sure that people are aware so that it can't happen again, because it's not a broken system. Not, this is broken moral compasses. These mm-hmm. are people that are making it's, it's mistakes. certain people who are hiding ballots or throwing ballots in the trash or whatever they're doing. It doesn't matter because in 2022, we already know there's going to be a red wave. It's going to be a tsunami. People are done with this this Democrat. These are the same things bullshit. they said in 2020. That's true. But I, can't, I don't think we can take any election for granted. Well, look what happened in Virginia. Yeah. Well, and again, Virginia is a very interesting And New Jersey, case. your state. Close. Yeah, I believe, and I believe that is the people speaking. Yes, the people are speaking, and the time is right now. Yeah, we have another year to go, or ten months, eleven months to Mm -hmm. go before we have the next election for for Congress, which I do think we're going to do well, but. Politics is a very, you know, having worked in the state house in New Jersey, I learned a lot about what the swamp looks like. Mm. And it's it's a very challenging place, even for a guy like me, because I didn't start off being a radio host. And when you're in the radio world, it's very easy to be very opinionated and act as an ideologue. I get on here and my ideology reigns on my show. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I'm not in the government. Right. When you're in the government, you have to play a certain game. Right. Trump played that game extraordinarily well, in my opinion, because he he knew a lot about a lot of things. So he was very successful with it in, in many ways. And there were times where he wasn't no, successful. Yeah, That's yeah. why they attacked the crap out of him. Of course. But I think ultimately you have to be able to, to bend on certain things because if you don't, you're always at a stalemate and then you don't govern. Mm. And politics, by definition, is the influence of the balance of power. Mm -hmm. So we're continually jockeying for that influence so that I can have the power, so that you don't have the power. And and that's the game. So you're playing that game with McConnell. You're playing that game with Pelosi. You're playing it with with, with everybody that's in Congress. And sometimes even within your own shop, even in the White House, there were people that were challenging or even in the executive branch. So Trump had his work cut out for him. He didn't have enough allies going in. 
Granted, I get it. But I think you, you have to be open. So right now we're looking at situations where you've got some Republicans that are clashing with each other too. And the, Democrats. The freshman it's members. about to blow up. Yeah, but see, but that's the thing. They never ultimately blow up because no. Republicans believe in individualism. Mm-hmm. And we are we are radically individualist right, right by our ideology. Mm-hmm. The Democrats are radical collectivists. So they're like, I don't care if you like men or you like women or you like this or you like that. At the end of the day, we both are commie sympathizers and we, we are in true. this for the cause. We are in this, this for the revolution. True. This is true. Republicans don't say that stuff. No, they don't no. say, oh, despite our differences, we're all in it for liberty. No. Hmm. One guy will say, no, despite our differences, I want massive illegal immigration because I want the, this chicken plant to have very cheap labor so we can crank out chicken and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And somebody else might say, well, you know what? I, I'm really all about the actual tenets of liberty and I want to uphold the Constitution. And that's why they always say that the Republican Party is a big tent party. And and it has its pros well, and its well, cons. Well, you have conservatives who, and you have Republicans. That yeah. the, That's what it is. That, and the, even the, amongst them. I've met some very yeah. conservative people but the first thing out of their mouth is, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. I'm grabbing my gun. We're going to war. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know what? You're not helping me no, or my kids no, in any way. You're no. not helping America. It's almost like, you know, I love my daughter or I love my wife or I love whomever you love mm-hmm. and say, but you know what? They're going the wrong way. So I'm going to I'm gonna off them myself yeah. and just have another daughter. Yeah, it, nobody crazy. does that. That's crazy. Right? And that's what people are saying. They're like, burn the whole thing down nah, and we'll rebuild it. Nah, it's nah. absolute insanity to think yeah, that these... because you love America, you're going to destroy America. But there, there's extremists on both sides. That's another thing thing too that's you know i mean yeah well speaking of they're not helpful no well the the thing that's been pissing me off the past two weeks is that they um in waukesha the in yeah, wisconsin wisconsin so the the left media outlet they keep saying a car accident yeah. and a car crash car crash a car hit people no this guy what's his name daryl daryl something brooks. daryl brooks he was a crazy person he ran over six people intentionally and wounded 60 more. That's his name. His name is Darrell Brooks. You go on his Facebook. He has He's a radicalized Black Lives Matter member. He has Hitler quotes. He's anti-Semitic, anti-white. That's the man who drove the car. It wasn't the car. The car is not is it's the car is an inanimate object. Someone has to be driving the car. So what what, is, what am I missing here? Am I missing something here, Rich? No, but you're getting it. It's it's exactly what I'm talking about. And you know, and um, one of my mentors, Mark Levin, the great one, he points out in his book, um, what's the name of the book? The Unfreedom of the Press. Mm-hmm. Brilliant book. He points out that the Marxist movement in America has graduated to such a high level that they now fully control the media, and it really is for the sole purpose, or at least almost the sole purpose of propaganda to to do exactly that so that you don't ever get the thought or the notion that an African-American man can become radicalized by very, very bad ideology to hate Jews and hate white people and actually go and run over a bunch of old ladies and a little boy. And, and that, to me, is a sick place that we're in. It's the whole reason that I run my mouth. But anybody can be – it's just – I just – they don't have to understand, like, the left, anyone can be radicalized. It just – like, it's just not an African-American. It could be anybody. But sure. just just call it like it is. But when you have so many media yeah. outlets – you know, I open my phone and it feeds me news, Apple News. Apple News is, is as to the left as any other right. news agency. Right. It's course. very difficult to get clear, realistic, mm-hmm. uh, on-point, down-the-middle news right. because it really doesn't exist. Everybody has a bias. But as a professional, you should be able to put aside mm-hmm. if you're a reporter. Right. I would never call myself a reporter because I don't like to put my biases away. I, I thrive on those biases, and that's what I make my show out of. So I think we need to be honest, but we've really lost honesty. We've lost the virtue that the founders talked about. To have a successful republic, we have to have this honesty and this giving a damn about your fellow man. Right. And to me, ultimately, it's all about 
the lack of God in our country. If we were more godly, we'd want to do godly things. Mm -hmm. But the minute we tossed God out and we made atheism a thing and we're like, just imagine if you had a life where you can totally live however you wanted, as reckless as you could be because there's no God. You do whatever you want. You're like, oh, I can rob people. I can rob people on Wall Street. I can rob people through the government. People I could do whatever have, I no want to answer to, because basically. there is no heaven or hell. Right. There is no morality. Mm. I do what I want because I'm a secular humanist. Mm. I'm an atheist on the left. Mm. That is the problem. It starts there, in my opinion. And you look at American history, and it's been there. George Washington spent his years as president on his knees in prayer. You go fast forward, Barack Obama lighting up the White House and the gay flag. These are real things. And it becomes palatable to people because the more that you erase morality from society, the more they're willing to accept anything. Mm, mm. Yes, this world is, uh, we're in trouble. <laughs> That's one or thing. Or there's I a will, tremendous uh, opportunity to fight. That 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 is true. But uh, I think uh, the next, who do you think is a good candidate for the 2024 presidency if not Trump? If, if he decides because he still hasn't said anything. You got a couple of guys out there that are, you know, positioning themselves well for this. I think uh, Josh Hawley is positioning himself well. I don't know that he would be exceptionally good at this. I don't really know his record like that. Mm -hmm. Mike Pompeo, I believe, has expressed some interest. I think uh, Devin Nunes has also. Devin Nunes definitely possesses the uh, testicular fortitude. He's shown that on a number of occasions. Uh, he runs a farm, so he has some executive experience. Of course, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is obviously... Uh, he, but he, just, in, he wants re-election for, for the governor now. I don't know if he... I think he just wants to kind of stay in Florida. Well, I mean, it, you you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I, I, think, I don't blame him. You yeah, know, I mean, he's doing a, an amazing job down there. We have to see what happens. I ultimately think, um, you know, as much as I, I, I really don't think Trump should run again because I, selfish reasons, I want him to enjoy his life. Right, I want right. him to do what he's got to do. I went to... Um, a uh, an event event at, at at Trump Westchester at his golf course. Mm -hmm. He was there. He was talking about a lot of things, and he looks terrific. He's lost probably yeah, about he looks good. Pounds. I saw a picture of him. He, yeah, 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 he was. In, looks like he's in really good shape. He's doing his thing. He's hitting the trail as hard as one can hit it uh, without an announcement. So I do believe that he may actually come out and he's say getting ready. Know, it would it would be silly not to because he's got such a, a lead already. The only other thing I could see him doing is taking over the Republican Party, being chairman. And right. I just don't know if he wants to do that. Some people have floated this fringe conspiracy idea. Uh, that he wants to impeach. I, I, yeah, I heard that whole – yeah, I heard all that crap. I just don't see Who are we Trump impeaching? doing that. Well, it's very simple. Um, <laughs> but but no, you want to be stuck with Kamala? Yes, I would love to be stuck with Kamala. Uh, we, I, I think uh, she's incredibly beatable. She's incredibly <laughs> oh, well, impeachable. Yeah, that, of course. you got to remember But then Donald we get Pelosi. Trump, no, because Pelosi's going to retire. And, then, and the idea with Trump is that, that what people are saying is that he would run for Congress mm -hmm. and, and they would make him speaker. That's true. And if he becomes speaker, he uh, automatically yeah, ascends I, I, to the president. I, I heard about all I'm this I'm not this, suggesting this that idea. I, I think it's very uh, fantasy land. However, um, it, it is one that would work. I do believe Kamala Harris – first of all, you can impeach anybody for anything. Mm -hmm. And what stopped people from doing that mm -hmm. with Nixon and with other things was virtue. People were like, don't make me have to do this. Right. right. It was a threat that they didn't want to fulfill. Nancy Pelosi weakened that hand and said, no, no, no. You sneeze the wrong way. I'm impeaching. Right. right? And, this is true. This is you, true. You, you're not even going to be president by the time we vote. That's OK. We'll impeach you anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, she made a mockery of, of her office, of the House, of our country. The Constitution, and of, everything. And of oh, impeachment. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So I think with McCarthy, people don't I like mean, McCarthy. People like McCarthy. Whatever your opinion is of McCarthy, I'll tell you this. I think McCarthy is a good tactician. And I think if he does not impeach Biden the day that he becomes speaker, should he get that opportunity, 
they're going to come for him, and he's not going to be there any longer. Right. And if we get Kamala Harris, guess what? They can thank the Republicans for giving them the first black woman president. We just might get Kamala Harris on 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 point that Joe Biden just might not make it because of his ill. Like he's ill. I don't know. He he, he looks demented. I, I mean, unless just on somebody that, unless on somebody matter. says, "Hey, you're demented. You got to go," and they get people to uh, agree on the Twenty Fifth Amendment, we're gonna have a crazy, insane. It's happened on a Supreme Court in, in the past, yes. where you they were like, "This guy's clearly not well," but you, they're appointed for life, and that's, that's that. what I'm worried about. Not not any impeachment. I'm just worried about his his health. He's just sure. someone just might say that. No, and I get it. Because when he speaks, you're it. like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" Like, like, you know, it's the craziest thing. He's using muscle memory because he's losing it. But yeah. he knows how to do that one thing. Be a dirty politician. That's, well, That's what he knows. It's in someone, his blood. Someone's telling him to these. Yeah. All, all presidents yeah. have advisors. But I'll tell you this. Kamala Harris, her advisors are jumping uh, like rats Oh, yeah, the I, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. So with looking at that situation. <laughs> she, I mean, she called the. Joe Biden a racist. I mean, yeah. she literally said well, the but, president's but racist. But that to me is I politics mean, as usual. Yeah, I, I know. Ultimately, I think it, 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 we would be in such a great position if she was the president. She wouldn't know what to do no. and she'd be in over her head and we'd be able to impeach her very quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk locally real quickly. Me and you actually have a mutual connection. You interviewed back in March uh, my mother's boss, who she worked for 30 years, Peter Arbini, about the nursing homes. His, yeah. Him and his brother, his father died after he came from one of Cuomo's debauchery of yeah, the nursing terrible. homes. Terrible. But now- Mr. Cuomo's back in the news. So is his brother. Um, just yesterday, I read that he's getting federal probe now. About, yeah. So uh, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I don't know what is going to come of it. Uh, I, I do you think, think it will stick? A lot I of people are saying. I think they, they already investigated him for the nursing home stuff. Right. And nothing seemed to have come from that. Now they're going to look at him for sexual harassment. Right. I didn't really know personally that sexual harassment was a federal crime. I, I thought it was like a statewide thing, so I, I don't know where they're so going with what this. The, what they're saying is the AG, when they she came out first with the report, she said he broke federal and state crime. She yeah. actually said that. But, and again, and I, I'm I didn't just know, saying I'm making it. Is it because it. he's was in a governor? Is that like does that make it like a federal thing? I don't know how the law works with with the crimes. No, nor do I. But I do know that you have a governor that apparently put his hand under a girl's shirt and grabbed her breast. And there's more than that. Allegedly. If I did that, I would be in handcuffs. You would be in jail immediately. So the fact that, and I know that the Albany uh, district attorney and the Albany sheriffs were were considering pressing um, criminal charges. Right. I don't know what's going on with that. So I think. That's where that belongs. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think the FBI is going to lock him up no. and throw away the key. I, don't think so. I think this is just more political action against him because he was that brand of Democrat right. that was trying to play the game. I don't think he's a genuine leftist, but he played the game. No. And uh, they don't want that. I think the AOC radical left, they're saying, no, you're not one of us. No. And you've got to get out of here because you, you may not be tarnished enough. When he said, I'm thinking of running for AG – they were like, oh, wow, you, you still have some gravitas? Let's put another nail in <laughs> that coffin. Did he really think that he was going to run? For, is he out of his mind? Well, you know, sometimes know, he talks about the sauce, the Sunday sauce from his mother. Yeah, he, 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 he literally is he, – he hates Trump, but him and Trump – are the same with as ego with the ego they're like literally the same person i think ultimately that's all politics i know i know but but cuomo's ego is just ins insane like the things he was saying and the whole time he was lying about nursing home numbers and he was you know yeah. doing the Cooking sexual harassment he's done he's done i mean like he he's done in politics i, I would love to think that but Not, I, I, I don't think, think people about, are extraordinarily yeah, forgiving this is, this and forgetful I mean, that's true. Jeffrey Tobin masturbated on a Zoom and he's back on CNN. Right, and now we're making a big deal about Chris Cuomo being <laughs> suspended indefinitely.
indefinitely. He'll be back. Tubin was suspended indefinitely. For jerking also, off on a Zoom. And he's back. I know. So we, we already know. I mean, Chris Cuomo will definitely be back. This is this is once this whole AG report blows over. I think I think Chris Cuomo will be back. Although they said the ratings went up on CNN yesterday, and he wasn't even there for his show. Like his show ratings went up when Chris Cuomo wasn't there. So wow. maybe he won't come back. Yeah, he doesn't have to come back to nine o'clock. Brian Stelter wants to take his another fucking. Well, that guy is. I, that I would guy's love ridiculous. that. That guy's ridiculous. I don't think he can hold the audience long enough. Huh, who so, can hold him long enough? He's right. a big boy. <laughs> but what do you think about these? Um, Shooting galleries. We got the heroin shooting galleries in New York City now. You know, years ago, they considered this in New Jersey about right. uh, setting up these places, giving out free needles, all of this stuff. I think you should never, ever, ever endorse bad behavior. Right. And and it seems to be that's all we do but in New But they're York. saying DeBozo didn't even get the federal permits to do it. He just did it. He just did it. What's up? I mean, look, yesterday, so how are these operating? Tell yesterday, me, please. Yesterday, I was at a press conference on City Hall, the steps of City Hall, talking about how the Democrats are considering allowing New York City residents to vote in in the mayoral and uh, right. council elections, irrespective of their status as a citizen. Oh of the yeah, I, I, I know. Um, I, I just read about Joe Brelli. Yeah, Joe Brelli. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. look at that and you say it's clearly a violation of the federal how, constitution how can you do that? and the New York State but Constitution. How, how can you do that? This is what Democrats do. At least uh, those really leftward. Um, Progressive types like de Blasio, they figure, you know what, we're going to test the boundary. If I, I push you right now, you might be like, yo, what the hell? If I push you twice, you might consider pushing my hand. The third yeah. time I push you, you might push me back. Right. Th this is how they do it. They're like, let's see how far we can push this envelope. You think if Trump was president, he would automatically just shut that down because you're breaking federal law immediately, right? Biden's going to let that go. You know, Trump is ex extraordinarily fair. I think he would have said... We should look at that. We should have them take a look. The attorney general <laughs> should look. But but he would never instruct the attorney general to do anything because they no, would say, right, oh, you're right. being improper. Right, you're being right, this. Right. You're being that. And I think, you know, people want to say things about Trump all the time, but they don't right. have any proof. That's right. Ultimately, I'm still he never waiting for did these heavy-handed things. I'm still waiting for those tax returns that the Wall Street Journal said. I'm waiting for they, them they to had, take him out of the White them. House. They're here. Uh, we have his tax returns. He broke. I'm still waiting for sure. those. They haven't, I'm st they haven't came yet, so I don't know. But the whole legals, listen. Coming to this country, I know it's very hard to come here legally. I had this conversation with many people, but uh, you know, maybe we need to do a better job to make the rules a little bit. Uh, but we've lenient. done that, right? Joe Biden has made it extraordinarily clear that we're no longer going to use the old asylum guidelines. They've renewed the asylum right, guidelines. Right. They said if you come from a country where you're facing poverty, right. you can get in. So this is why we have this massive influx of people because mm -hmm. they've been invited by Joe Biden and by Secretary Mayorkas. Yeah. We can't even call them illegals anymore because they've changed the law saying who can come in. Right. So I think Biden has created this problem. And what was once a problem of getting here the hard way is now the easy way. And we're seeing massive immigration with zero checks and balances. Mm. Nobody's checking anybody to see if they're well, if they're going to be well financially right. when they get here. Do they have a sponsor? They're not getting vaccinated. All of that's out of, out of the window. They're not getting COVID tests. But we now they're- And if you ask, they just say, that's different. That's it. That's what Dr. Fauci said yeah. yesterday. Oh, that's different. That's a, diff that's a different situation. Yeah. How is that a different situation when you're telling American citizens now if they come from Europe or South Africa, which where the Omni, whatever, Omnicron didn't even, yeah. didn't even ex come from. It came from the Netherlands now, they're saying. You just took a the travel ban on South Africa, which isn't racist. No, it's not racist because Joe right. Biden did it. It's, it's not racist. He's at not all. a xenophobe. It's, not, it's it's not a xenophobic at all. Um, so we have to come if we come from there. Seven days we have to sit in our house. Who's going to even know? And we have to quarantine. But if you come from the border, you just walk in this country, no vaccination, no COVID test. You don't have to quarantine. 
Doesn't make any sense. Why? Like, I don't understand. And then when you ask little red lying hood, Jen Psaki, about it, she doesn't even answer the question. Yeah, Jen, circle back, Psaki, silent P, as yeah, I like I, to call her. I don't understand. She, she, I mean, this is her job, right? She's a professional spin doctor, and she, she does her job to the best of her ability for a guy that makes her job really, really hard. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's, but it's getting ridiculous now. Like, Peter Ducey, God bless that man. Love him. He, he literally has the hardest job, and he is the only one in that press corp who even asks the hard questions. Well, and that's the same thing we see in society today. You know, on my show, This Is America with Rich Valdez, I always show. talk it's about that. Show. Thank you. Yes. I always talk about how it's really ultimately up to us to become that Peter Ducey, to become that Donald Trump. Trump said, you know what? I'm a billionaire. I'm living a life. I have a supermodel wife. I have this gorgeous tower on Fifth Avenue. What am I going to do? I'm going to move into a really old, oh, despite nice, huh. old White House huh. with and move my family and move into the swamp and lose money in the process. Right. And he did that because we have to make sacrifices to make life better. We have to be tough. Peter Ducey shows, you know what, look, I'm in a room full of people that go, oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, great. Yeah. And then he says, let me hit you with some common sense, right? And he d- realizes we must ask the tough questions. We have to hold the government accountable if we're going to get anywhere in life. So I think that's what the listeners should be uh, hopefully taking away from this is we have to do more. We all have to be more active, more engaged. Right. Because my question to everybody always is, when was the last time you went to your town hall meeting? When was the last right. time you went to a city hall meeting? When was the last time you did, that you you actually went and voted in every election? When the mayor has having one of those town halls, everyone should be there and ask these hard questions if you're in New York City or wherever you live, any you should be there, ask these kinds of hard questions. Why are you letting illegals vote? Why do I have heroin shooting galleries in my neighborhood, which is across from schools, by the way, in Harlem? Of course. Like, why why, why is this happening? Like, the, you know, this city is far away from when Mayor Giuliani made it better. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, agreed. So, but anyway. All right, Rich. I don't want to keep you longer. Thank you for your time. Where can where can we find you on social media? Sure, I'm glad you asked. My favorite part. <laughs> I'm at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all the social media, and of course you can get me on This Is America with Rich Valdez. That's uh, on iHeartRadio, and it's available wherever you download podcasts. This Is America with Rich Valdez with an S, and I'm also on the air on the weekends on WPHT, fifty thousand powerful watts in Philly, one of the largest stations in the country. Cool, man. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. You got it, brother.